Welcome to another edition of Silent Sales Machine Radio. This is Stephen Deaton, and in this episode, Brett Bartlett and I discuss the power of Facebook and how it is so much better than traditional online advertising channels. We are able to have a conversation with 7 million people and sell out of our products again and again because of Facebook and our proven audience formula strategies. We continue to be amazed at the results in our Facebook marketing efforts as we are building massive audiences who are eager to hear from us. Our team is pioneering these strategies and sharing them with you. You can learn more and see examples at provenaudienceformula.com slash book. Hey, Brett, how's the button smashing world today? Man, button smashing away over here. Good, good deal. I imagine there is a level of excitement with it as new things come up, but then also with the old things and discovering some new iteration or path that you can go down with it. Yep. That is actually, I think, one of the cardinal sins in button smashing. One of the temptations is to always kind of be chasing the the new shiny tool that's working, right? But one thing I try to do and get my team to do is you know, look back at what worked in the past and see if there's just a way to improve what worked in the past. Just kind of like almost like upgrade it slightly, not throw it out. So that is one of the bigger things we're working on. And we're seeing some great results with it right now. Right. Well, you know, it makes me think of that a lot of the things that we think of as amazing innovations are just an iteration of something that already existed. They just found a way to slightly improve it by that five, that 10%. And it actually ends up eclipsing the original invention. Yep. I agree. I completely agree. And it's, it's those small little tweaks that can really set your business in a whole new direction. Right. Well, what are you working on that you want to share with the listeners today? Yeah, I'll give a real firm example of what we're talking about. Okay. So I'm going to kind of go like broad down to like a very exact example. So, and we were talking about this right before this started. I think one thing people don't understand in this new, let's call it like new age of marketing. Okay. Is that most people don't understand the power of Facebook marketing. And this is not me saying Facebook is going to always be the go-to marketing place. This is me saying like, let's say Google AdWords, you know, set a standard, right? And then Facebook, kind of what we were just talking about, like evolved it, right? And what I'm really talking about, I think most people don't understand the level of content distribution that exists on Facebook. And I, I'm just speaking for myself, I didn't understand it. And now that I see it, You know, I I can see that whether it's Facebook or whoever in the future, the game has forever changed on how you distribute your content, your story, whatever it is for your business, right? It's just we've never lived in a time with such exact distribution possibilities. Okay. And so, like, here's like a real, real life example. Okay. So, if anybody's been following the story of Dynasty Toys, okay, that is the toy company that we built from scratch. Okay. And what's interesting about that is it started at the point of, you know, nobody knew who Dynasty Toys was. So it started at zero, right? And we had to build brand recognition and sell products at the same time. And so we looked at Facebook and started to, you know, figure out how do we use Facebook to do this? Because we had sold on Amazon, but Amazon's not the best mechanism for 
you know, building an awareness and building a brand. It's more like, you know, a good transactional platform. So anyways, we go through that on Facebook and really we built it around videos. You know, that, that was really what we built Dynasty Toys around was these very, we call them authentic, but really what that means is, you know, iPhone cheap, low budget videos. And we really depended on Facebook to distribute. Now, here's the key though. If you just stop there, you go, cool, that makes sense. Totally get it, right? That wouldn't really be like a big breakthrough. But here's what most people don't understand is that as those videos are being distributed, think about all these different data points you're getting from people, okay? So like, not only are you building brand awareness, not only are you selling products in the process, but you're actually building a huge database of people who are interested in your product to different degrees. Okay, so here would be an example. Steven, you saw the Cambria spider video where she's shooting the spider and it's crawling around on the ground, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. I just ran a audience. So I created an audience inside of Facebook that said, how many people watched at least 50% of this video? And it's almost a minute long video. Okay. So how many people watched at least 50% of this video? Well, we had over 3 million people who watched 50% of that video. And you might go, well, what's the big deal on that? Look, 50% of a 60-second video, that's 30 seconds of someone's life. That is a highly, highly qualified lead. And so kind of you know, going back to what we, we've done before, we now are looking at all these different data points, whether they watch 50% of our video, whether they're on our messenger list, whether they've come to our website, whatever they've done, okay? Think of that as little mini audiences or large audiences in your back pocket. And that's what I think people don't understand about Facebook. They don't understand that Facebook has the ability, if you set it up right, every little thing that you do on there can be used in a beneficial way so that the customer can stay in touch with the business. And so, you know, we just ran the sale and we ran it to everybody. We used Facebook ads and we ran it to everybody who is on our messenger list, everybody who's on our website, everybody who's engaged with our page, everybody who's watched our video. So you're talking, if you take all those numbers together, that's about 7 million people that we were able to have an ongoing conversation with. And when you think about that, okay, because if you look at like our email list, it's pretty subpar, right? If you look at our messenger list, it's pretty good. You know, we got a couple hundred thousand people in that one. But still, that's pretty small in comparison to 7 million, right? And so I think that's the thing most people don't understand is you have the ability to have a constant conversation using Facebook's distribution. You just have to know how to use it cost effectively. And that's one thing that like, I feel like I'm late to the party on is you know, how do you set this up so that it's organized in a way you know what story to tell each person. And that's really what we're spending our time on. And we were able, just with that distribution, we ran an ad in the, in the UK. So this you know, expands internationally. We ran an ad in the UK and we put that product on sale. So the one where Cambria is shooting the spider... We put it on sale in the UK and we ran the sale advertisement basically to everybody who watched that video. And we actually sold out in the UK within a half a day, like the product was gone. And so that's what ends up happening when you do this stuff right. And you think about it, if you align it with the right people and the people who would have a high level of interest in that, that's kind of the, the new game. It's like, is this a qualified audience or is this not a qualified audience? And that's what we're spending most of our time curating. 
Gotcha. Gotcha. So let's back up just a second. You said you started out with zero Mm -hmm. and then you have 3 million people. Was it that have watched 50% of the video? Yep. And of course, the last time I looked at it, it was like over 13 million views altogether. And it's probably quite a bit more than that. So to frame it out, it's skyrocketed your business. It's Mm -hmm. taken it from something that was non-existent and to something that's thriving Mm -hmm. uh, for the company, for the employees of the company and on down that chain of of business and transactions. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's correct. Super. And how is it that Facebook uh, in the building an audience and, and using that platform, leveraging it for your business, how does that differ from, say, going the route, as you mentioned before, about Google AdWords and other forms of advertising? What I love about Facebook is it's a push mechanism. And so you're pushing it out to people. And what's cool about versus pull, which would be like, let's say I'm selling crayons, right? Um, Or even let's just use my example of laser tag. Let's say we're selling laser tag. We would have to run Google AdWords for specific keywords, right? Which I call pull, meaning there's only a select number of people searching for those words every day. Where with Facebook, it's just incredible because if you create the right rocket ship, in our case, it was a video or videos, and people like it, they get to vote. That's what I call it. They get to vote. Okay. And they vote with whether they want to watch it, whether they want to comment on it, whether they want to tag a friend or whether they want to share it. Right. I think that's very, very unique when you look at marketing because, you know, you put it out there, people can either scroll by it, which most, most ads, in my opinion, are done incorrectly on Facebook because people will just scroll by it, by it. We try to create our ads to where people will want to engage with the story. And I feel like when they vote on our stuff, we get a very good reaction and then they distribute our story for us. So I think Facebook's unique in comparison to Google AdWords because one, people don't have to do anything with your ad. And two is if they do like it, they can heavily distribute it very, very quickly. And so that, I think that is a lot more potent than Google AdWords. And thinking about the the keyword versus what happens over on Facebook. So if somebody's going to find it in a Google search, basically they're going to have to enter in, you know, laser tag guns, or they might have to look for, let's say kids' birthday party ideas, kids' birthday party games. You might use those keywords in your advertising. Whereas on Facebook, they may not be looking for any of that, but they come across it and all of a sudden it awakens an idea in them. Oh, I have my kid's birthday coming up, my niece, my nephew's coming up, different things like that. And it might be just because they like the video, something that was cute in there that that grabbed their attention. Yep. That's exactly spot on. Gotcha. Well, thinking about Facebook being kind of the the big social media player, how does that differ from, let's say, like YouTube and Twitter? I know that, you know, there's different people have various levels of success on those different platforms. How does Facebook sort of, in your view, differentiate itself from those platforms? That's a good question. I don't pretend to be an expert at every platform. Um, sure. so I'm extremely biased towards the ones that have worked for me. But in dabbling in a little bit of all of it, I think let's take YouTube versus Facebook. YouTube is a great place for archived content, right? So you can easily 
post a video that says, you know, like you had said, great ideas for kids' birthdays, right? Or if we wanted to start a Dynasty Toys YouTube channel, right, where we put all of our kids' cartoons, right, to keep kids entertained, YouTube is a great platform for that. I call it a great platform for archiving content. As far as starting from scratch, starting from zero, right, or starting from even two, YouTube is a very difficult platform to bring awareness for your stuff because your advertising dollars are just not going to go as far as they can on Facebook. Facebook has the ability... Now, Facebook's terrible at archiving. They're like the opposite of YouTube when it comes to archiving. And so, But what Facebook is great at is they are great at... The way that they've constructed their marketing and advertising platform, it gives anybody the ability to be relevant in one day. And so I think that's very unique to a platform where with YouTube, you're not going to be relevant in one day. It's, it's just you know it's near impossible um, unless you get a lightning in a bottle. Where with Facebook, if you create content that is a shareable story, you have a high likelihood in a very short amount of time to become relevant. You know, on, I call it on their distribution system. So I don't even usually call it Facebook. I call it like a distribution system of content. Their system is a lot more efficient and effective and quick. Right. Got it. Let's get some nuts and bolts in here. Uh, What type of learning curve is there for people who would want to start, let's say, from scratch and start promoting their content, their product or whatever they have on Facebook? Is, Is there a huge technical learning curve? Is there a lot of time investment? So it's a lot of money involved? The technical side is pretty easy, meaning like if you just did, let's say you're going to follow my you know, formula where it's going to be like a video and you will, you're like, man, it's going to be so hard to get a video up and running and advertising on Facebook. That part's pretty easy. It's like you know, a couple tutorial videos, you'll have, you'll have your ad up and running. So from a technical side, you know, at a, on a scale of 1 to 10, it's like a, a 2 to 3. Okay. But from I see where, where I see most people struggle, and this may always make you laugh too, when people are like, I'm the best marketer in the world, you should use me. And their, their Facebook ad is a terrible Facebook ad. I'm like, man, I would never use you for marketing because you don't even know how to market your own services. I, and I use that as an example because where I see most people fail or the hardest learning curve is, you know, imagine you're going onto this platform you have to construct your story or your message to where a person's going to want to engage with it. And that's the difficult part. That's where I see most people struggle. Because what most people want to do is go, like, let's just use my... Because we've done this. We failed at it. You know, We have cool laser tag items. right? And we've done videos where it's like, all right, check out our laser tag. It, here's, there's four buttons. And here's the switching. And here's this and that. right? And all we're doing is talking about our product. Right? And those things just get like crickets. I mean, they just get nothing. Uh, you're, you know, but, and we're so proud of it and trying... And we did it like... And it had great production value, you know, 3D views of the gun, all that stuff, right? Like high digital HD quality. And they just... They bombed. Because I think people are so tired of hearing about products, right? Or services or whatever it is. Or even brands. People don't care. They care about how it affects them and the emotional you know, connection they have with something. And when we switch it over to, well, we're going to kind of try to capture moments in time, right? That are relatable. That's where we saw the biggest progression. And that's where I think most people struggle. Most people think their stuff is so awesome. And they want to talk about their stuff, 
right? But mm-hmm. nobody cares about their stuff. Oh, they only care about themselves. Everybody, you know, who's on Facebook is on there because at that moment they want to socialize. They want to, you know, they are, they are filling up their own tank. Gotcha. You know, some of the advertising that I see on Facebook, it reminds me of, you know, there might be a tire place or a cell phone place that you drive by and they've got that big, long sock tube thingy that blows and it it just waves around and it's like, okay, for a second it grabs your attention, but then you're like, well, okay, whatever. Right. I see a lot of Facebook video advertising where the person just, when they first come up, they wave at you like, Hey, over here, look at me. And to me, that's one of those fundamental failures that, you know, we don't really want to see that. That doesn't engage us. It it might grab our eye for a second, but then we're like, Oh, they got something that they want to push on us. Yep. I totally agree. I completely agree. And I think one of the big things that, most people have to start to realize is, well, first off, all those people who wave, right? And then start talking. I already know they don't look at the data because 70% of Facebook, just to get like real nuts and bolts, 70% of Facebook videos, nobody presses the sound. Okay. right. So you're already doing an uphill battle if your video consists of all of a sudden you starting to talk. And another nuts and bolts strategy specifically on the video side is we're actually back into the age of silent movies. Okay. And so if you can tell the story in a silent way without using any sound, take Cambria, for example, in that spider video unintentionally. It's not like I, I thought through this, but what it does, you can watch that video without, you know, looking or without playing the sound. And you will get the point like, oh, they're playing something. There's a moving spider. She looks kind of scared, but is having fun. What is that? Right you could consume 80% of the storyline without ever turning on the sound. The people who say they're great Facebook marketers and then they rely on the sound to tell their story, it's almost always going to bomb. I mean, you can get a few lightning in the bottles there, but the way you want to look at this is, can you tell a shareable story via a silent movie? Can they get 80% of the content without ever turning on the sound? Right. And for the beyond the technical and the time investment, what are we talking about dollar wise for people to to test this out to see if they have a winner or some they need to go a different direction? Look, you can test this stuff with ten, twenty dollars. That won't be the end. You're not gonna get 13 million views, 20 million views for you know 10, 20 bucks, but you'll be able to test your concept so that you know <laughs> You don't end up spending twenty grand, you know, in getting a, a highly produced video that you throw on there and then crickets. And so I call it the instant report card. You can get an instant report card with ten or twenty bucks. And that doesn't mean you're done. It just means you'll you'll know whether you're on the right track or not. And that's what I said. Like then you can kind of open up the hood and go in and look at all the data. Who watched it? How did they watch it? What time did they watch it till? And those are the things that I think is so unique to Facebook because, you know, if you got a lot of people who watch 50% of it, that's a highly qualified audience. Okay, now what do you tell them next? What do you send them next? You know, like what's the progression? And that's what we're working on on an everyday basis. It's like we've set this very wide net with all these views. And now we're trying to figure out, okay, how do we bring them in? Who's the more qualified person? Who's not qualified? You know, what's the next video we want to send out there? So it's, you know, it's an endless project. But man, I think if more people on the marketing side understood the power of it, they would save money and be able to communicate effectively to their audience. We look at Facebook, we look at the leverage that is given to us in our business and 
how fantastic it is, like you were just talking about. But is there a challenge? Is there a drawback within it? Is there a hidden pitfall somewhere that that you found like, wow, I thought I could do this, but really can't with Facebook? You have to pay to play. I think that's one of the biggest things that Facebook has done to businesses is you're always hoping for this big organic push, right? But in reality, they've pretty much removed all organic components for businesses. So, you know, if you just kind of have the part where you go, okay, I guess anytime I'm going to communicate, you know, I got to do it in a cost effective way, but I'm still going to have to pay. And so that's, I think, one of the, the hidden dirty little secrets on Facebook is it's very difficult to not pay in order to communicate, you know, they'll let you not pay to communicate to a, a small percentage. Like even take Facebook groups, for example, you're, you're familiar with Facebook groups, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you can post in there for free, right? But that's not going to go to everybody, right? Like not everybody's going to see that post. And so there's only certain ways that you can guarantee everybody at least gets a chance to see something. And you, you have to pay for that. That's, I think that's one of the bigger dirty secrets of Facebook. Well, and the, that speaks to the the fact that Facebook controls it, Facebook owns it, and they they may change policies from week yep. to week, and then you have to just simply adapt to that. So yep. it's something you just have to learn the system and work with that system. Yep. Very good. Well, when you've got this audience, you not only are able to reach out to them on Facebook with the advertising and things like that, but you can pull them into that messenger system in Facebook. And one of the things that I was thinking is, you know, you don't have that ability on YouTube that I'm aware of. Nope. That, I agree. That you can pull them back over. You could send them to a website that could send them to an email list or click them direct to a sign up form or something like that. But it's not as seamless as the Facebook platform right now. I agree. I completely agree. And to your point on that, it's Facebook sandbox. You know, you do always want to be looking at things like, okay, where else do I want to diversify the audience into? So I'm not saying Facebook's the answer to everything, but to your point, as far as a starting point and the it's frictionless, like it's so smooth on where you can kind of corral an audience to in comparison to other options. I mean, people can just tap. I always kind of like the the rule that we build now or try to build in our on our team is it should be three taps with someone's thumb to accomplish whatever we want them to accomplish. And so, you know, if it's a video where it's a sale, they should be able to tap, open up the buy button, tap, pick the product, tap, purchase, right? Like tap, tap, tap. That's it. And I think Facebook's built a platform where that's available. And I think if if you're running an ad and then someone taps on the button and then they go, all right, now put in your email address and your name, right? Like it's like 99% of people are like later, that's like 25 taps for me, you know, and it sounds dumb, but I I think that's the case. I think that's, you know, people want to be able to go tap, tap, tap and go on with their day. Doesn't mean you don't eventually collect their email. It just means that that starting point, you know, that is not a good time to collect their email. Right. So to me, it's, it's fitting in that overall cultural shift that we are in. We've got the Alexas in, in the home where people just speak to it. They want an instant report or they want, I mean, you know, even order products online, you know, order me this, order me that or something like that. And to remove each barrier, we've, we've gotten to a really simplified 
or an expectation that's very simplified, like you say, with three taps. So I'm going to take that as the pro tip today. To <laughs> All right, I like keep, it. Keep, keep it down to three taps to maximize the conversion. Yep. Okay, tap, makes tap, sense. Tap. Well, when you've got this audience collected and everything, what do they tell you? I know you talked about, you know, you can segment and things like that, but what, what's that big benefit of having that audience? I think one of the biggest benefits is being able to communicate effectively. You know, a lot of people would say, oh, you get an audience so you can sell to them. I say you build an audience so you can communicate better. So if you do a good job of understanding where each audience member is at, like in segments, you know, so if you understand that you have a group of people that have come to your website, right? And purchase certain things. Well, that way you don't send them an ad of something they've already purchased. Does that make sense? Yes, uh, I get emails like that all the time. I'll buy something, I'll get an email for the exact same right, thing. Right, that's what I'm saying. And so in, on a broader scale, you know, with the Cambria Spider video, you know, if 50% of the people watch that video, then I'm going to show them that that product's on sale or a very complimentary product is on sale. Or even there's a new video very similar to, you know, that video. So you can just, you can communicate in a very effective way to them. And I think that's the benefit of looking at these audiences is you don't have to do these broad blasts where it's just like, oh, I hope this works. You can do it in a way that's highly effective. Understood. I know you've got like your main thing is the physical products business. How do you see this as being useful either for like digital product type things or for causes? Um, Maybe it's just cause. Maybe they don't have anything to sell. And then also for offline businesses. Look, I think everybody has to focus on some type of relatable story. You know, even if it does think about it as like, um, I call it like a, a net that curates, meaning let's take an example. I'm trying to think of a good offline example because we get approached by that all the time. Well, I'll use a good example of this. This is kind of like a cause and offline example. We throw an event. We Our offices are on the main street of our city. So we actually throw the city-wide main street event every year and we're in charge of the marketing now for it. All donation-based. like It's not a, not a moneymaker for us. And so, but it's a great litmus test to see, you know, how transferable is our process. And so what you always have to be thinking about is what's the story. And it always changes forms depending on what you're trying to do. So originally, so follow the bouncing ball. The city comes to us, says, we need someone to market this event, right? So we say, we'll market it. And, you know, we thought we had the, the solution was, hey, let's create some videos, right? That bring awareness to this. Well, the videos totally bombed. They just wouldn't get the distribution. They wouldn't get the shares. They wouldn't get the comments. They wouldn't get the... They were not... People were not wanting to use that as the shareable story, right? So we would test $20, test $20, test $20. Wouldn't work. And then eventually, my sister-in-law and my brother-in-law, they got together and made like a very, very simple flyer, okay? And they're like, hey, run this ad. I'm like, no, we only do videos. You know, that's... that. We know that works. And sure enough, we did the flyer and kind of think of the flyer as like a birthday invitation. It's less an advertising. It's more of an invitation like you're invited to, right? And I'm thinking it's totally going to bomb. And we put $20 behind it. And dude, it just, it literally actually went viral. Like it went viral inside of your Belinda, you know, where I live. And it was just getting shared and commented and people voted on, hey, that is 
the shareable story. That's the content that I want to distribute in my circle. And I think whether you're a cause, whether you're an offline business, whether you're a digital product, you have to figure out what is the content, what is the shareable story that people want to share? Like what, which one are they going to vote on that they say, yes, that is the piece of content that I relate to and I want to distribute, you know, among my connecting points. And so that was last year, this year we went straight for the flyer and it did the same thing again, just boom, went viral right off, you know, right off the bat. And so, you know, you really can look at those things and say, it's, it, my main, main, main suggestion is test out different pieces of content. Don't take it offensively if people don't like whatever you're shelling out, right? But continue to iterate until you find the content, I call it rocket ship, but content mechanism that people relate to for your particular business or service, whatever it is, or cause, depending on what you want to do. Right. So don't fall in love with any one kind of format. Nope. Because it'll probably change and it'll probably change depending on the situation. Understood. All right. Well, any uh, closing thoughts on Facebook audiences? It, look, if you have it, I remember you're talking to a guy, I don't remember how long ago it was now. What's probably close to two years ago now. No, maybe a year and a half ago. I had never ran one Facebook ad before. And so, you know, if you're willing to go on the learning curve, it seems just overly daunting. Facebook, it, my biggest diss against Facebook ads is it gives you way too many options. Like, it's like that restaurant you go to and you have 105 options and all you really wanted was like a hamburger, but you can't find it on the menu. Right. right. That's Facebook ads. So like you log on there, you could like, I'm, I'm out of here. Like this looks like I got to have like a PhD in rocket science to run this ad. But once you get used to the ecosystem, it's not daunting anymore. You know, you just got to kind of like not get absorbed into like the 99 potential you know, buttons you can click in that process. So that's my closing thoughts. You never done it. I started from scratch. People come like, Oh, you're like a Facebook ads expert. I'm like, Nope. I really, if you started to like ask me all these super bells and whistles questions, I would totally be lost on what you do. But I think it is an extremely effective platform that if you just start the process, you'll find where you fit in on that platform. And I've found, you know, where we fit in on the platform. So don't be, don't be intimidated. Gotcha. But there are options out there. If people wanted to outsource this, they yep. could, but it's, yep. it's not at that level where it's a must outsource. Very good. Yep. All right. All right. Super. Well, we'll wrap it up there and uh, appreciate everyone listening and let us know what you think about the podcast and give us your feedback. Awesome. If you want to learn more about our proven audience formula strategies and see examples, go to provenaudienceformula.com slash book. Or if you want to leverage our team of certified experts, go to provenaudienceformula.com hire us. All one word, provenaudienceformula.com slash hire us. Remember, you can check out the show notes at silentgym.com slash podcast. And if you're not a member already of our 47,000 member Facebook group, you can go there and join and get to know us and see what we're all about. Just search for My Silent Team, one word, My Silent Team on Facebook or see the link in the show notes. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. 
Visit SilentJim.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.